Hello nerds and welcome to another episode. This time I once again talk about books, surprisingly. To be more specific, I talk about fantasy books today, which is also my favorite genre. I do like other genres as well, like horror, crime and fiction, but fantasy will always be my favorite. And of course history. But for historic books I have to have enough time to read them. During a long work week I unfortunately don't have enough time to really get into one. Anyway, let's start with a book by one of my favorite authors. Of course, it's Schwab. I only discovered her books by the end of September last year due to a dear friend of mine and now I've read almost all of her books. It's, I, it's an obsession at this point. Anyway, The Dark Vault. The one I'm going to talk about now is a collection of two books, the archived and the unbound novels. Mackenzie Bishop, or Mac, has lost two very important people pretty early in her life. Her grandfather, who has always had a peculiar key hanging around his neck. Her grandfather told her about the archive, a library where instead of books, the dead are stored on bookshelves. The dead are called history. Each of them have a story to tell, only the librarians can read. The archive can't be found in the reality. The library would not be found with your phone. Instead, you have to find certain keyholes and use a special key to get into the archive. Her grandfather has taught her everything about it and chose her to become a keeper like he was. The keepers have the task to stop violent histories from getting out and lead their woken histories back to sleep. This job is not an easy one. A reason for that is the lies Mac has to tell. Neither her parents nor her friends can know about the archive. After her younger brother passed away, her parents decided to move. To have a new start and open a cafe in what was once a hotel and is now an apartment complex. As a keeper, Mac has a piece of paper in her pocket. On this, names of awake histories appear. Whenever she sees a name, she has to get to the archive to find the history and lead it through a door where they go to sleep again. Mac has just arrived at the new home when such a name appears on her list. On her way to the archive, she meets a boy, Wesley, and Wesley has made it his mission to befriend her. And it seems like he also has some secrets of his own. Schwab once again throws you into a beautifully detailed story and the relationships between the characters were portrayed in such a way that makes the world seem startlingly real. I loved how Wesley's and Max's relationship progressed throughout the book and how we got to know more and more about the library and... There was also a lot of betrayal. I loved it a lot. It was a lot of fun to read. While it wasn't my favorite of her books, it's still one of my favorite books altogether and I can't wait to read her next books. I actually have to wait for new books to come out. I've read all the others. I don't know what to do with my life. Anyway, Threats of Fragile Power will come out on the 26th of September and I'm very excited. I don't know if you know the series, but I recommend you look it up. A masterpiece of the fantasy genre. 
I said it weirdly, I'm sorry. Anyway, we already got a cover reveal for the fragile threads of magic, uh, of power, sorry. And I don't really like this one that much so far, but I, I just hope that the OK cover will look better. It often does. For some reason, the UK cover is often the prettier one. So I still have hope. I'm gonna cry otherwise. I mean, I'm definitely not gonna cry because it's a book by Schwab and her writing always makes me cry. <laughs> anyway, next book. A Day of Fallen Night. It plays 500 years before the events of Priory of the Orange Tree and follows the story of three women. We first get the stories of three mothers. One in the south, one in the east, and one in the west. We get to know these women for a while up until they give birth to their daughters. In the east we have Unora, who has lived through a drought and almost didn't make it. She is found passed out and brought before the Empress, who believes her to be a spirit. She lived at the palace for a while and even had a lover whose name was a mystery. When she falls pregnant, fearing what might happen, especially if someone found out who the father was, she ran away, up to the mountains to a temple. There she gave birth to Dumai. Dumai grows up to love the cold of the mountains, waiting for the day the dragons would end their century-long sleep. Then a stranger, one of her mother's past, shows up, and thus she is thrown into a life she has never dreamt of having. In the south we have the next daughter, Siyu Ugnare, daughter of Espa, the future prioris of the Priory of the Orange Tree. We don't get her point of view, but the one of Tunava Melim, wife of Espar and initiate of the Priory. The Priory is a secret society founded by Cleoland, the one to slay the Nameless One, a dragon who brought destruction to the world many years ago. The duty of this society is to protect each other and prepare for the day the Nameless One comes back. Tunuva is the tombkeeper and guards the remains of Cleoland. She herself was once a mother, but her child was lost after only one year and never found again. In the west we have Glorian, child of Zabron VI of Enos and Barthold I of Hroth, making her princess and heiress to the queendom of Enos. It is said her bloodline is that which binds the Nameless One and prevents him from rising again. Thus, it is every woman's duty of this line to have one child. So far, they've all had daughters who look just like their mother. Glorian, only 15, struggles with the thought of marrying one day and having a child. She doesn't want those things to happen and feels like her body doesn't belong to her. Only after having a child, she might feel free. We also get the story of a man, Wolf Glen. He was found in the woods when he was a child and was adopted by a family of two dads and two children. There were rumors around his appearance that he is a witch and he is not to be trusted. He works hard for the king and dreams of becoming a knight one day. 
He has few friends, but those he trusts and holds dearly. Through Wolf we also see the North and the struggles that unfold in this land. The story is moving pretty slowly. We see those daughters grow up, each of the characters facing different hardships. The past of some catches up with them, which leads to decisions that almost tear apart families. Not a lot of things happen at first, as I said, it's a slow story, but once this one thing happens, it gets worse and worse for our characters. Every single of those 846 pages was worth it. Seriously, it was fantastic. I loved the characters, their relationships and how all their struggles were unique. The women in this world are awesome. All of them warriors in their own way and incredibly strong in so many ways. We also get queer characters. Words like trans, bi, asexual or non-binary don't exist. They're just people in this world and aren't treated any different. A character who is trans is mentioned and he gets to live with the man he's always been without discrimination. Same-sex couples are allowed to get married, have children and that's completely normal. No one cares who you get married to. I love it when in fantasy there's no homo or transphobia. It's amazing! Women writing women and men are the best. I've never read a fantasy book by a man, by a straight man, by a straight white man, where women were as strong and played as a significant role without being sexualized. Also, this book has dragons. It's awesome! Seriously, one of the best fantasy books I've read in a while. I actually did like it better than Priority of the Orange Tree. I found the fighting scenes way better in this one. But other than that, both books are incredible and I hope to see more high fantasy books written by Samantha Shannon. She's fantastic! And now, Gilded Wolves. I read this one last year and it completely destroyed me. I couldn't talk about this book. It emotionally wrecked me and I still couldn't get myself to read the other two books in this trilogy. I really want to, but it still hurts too much. Maybe one day. Anyway, what is this emotional train wreck of a book about? It is 1889. It starts with a heist. Severin and his friend Enric visit an auction. They're not allowed to be here, which is why they are in disguises. They're here to steal a compass. But it is not an ordinary compass. No, this one contains a treasure map. They almost get caught, one of them almost loses a hand, but they manage to get out and meet up with the rest of the crew. Together they try to open the compass, more or less violently, and indeed there's a map. Now the only question is, to where does it lead? However, the theft is later on discovered and they attempt to track down Severin and his crew. There apparently is more to the compass and its map than originally anticipated. And it just goes downhill from here on. I love the characters, they were awesome. 
And I love the relationship between each of them. And in general, getting to know all of the characters was a lot of fun. Also the writing, it made me feel like I was really in this world and it was a lot of fun to be part of this journey. And then the end happened. It wasn't bad. It was just extremely, extremely emotionally damaging. <laughs> I read the last few pages and I didn't know how to exist for a while after that. I still haven't read the other two books in this trilogy. I'm, I'm just not ready. <laughs> the ending really did something to me. But it was still an awesome book. <laughs> read it. You will feel that inside afterwards. But it's worth it. It's really good. Yeah, and now I just have to think about what happened in the end. Anyway, this is the end of this episode. <laughs> I hope you had a nice time. And yeah, anyway, goodbye. See you next month. <laughs>